Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian Tian with your market view. Now, Asian economies are at the front and center of our discussion today. Over in China, President Xi Jinping delivered a wide-ranging speech at the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party on Sunday, where he laid out the party's plans for the next five years. Now, the speech, which lasted for around two hours, covered a range of topics from Taiwan to the country's plans to support development, economic growth, and what the calls common prosperity. Now, meanwhile, concerns over inflation and interest rate hikes continue to dominate investing sentiment for the week, with Japan reporting their annual inflation figures and Indonesia reporting its interest rate decision later this week. Well, lots to look at and joining us as we break down the key developments is Dong Chen, Head of Asia Macroeconomic Research at Pictet Wealth Management. Hi, Dong, are you there? Hello. Hi, Dong. Great to have you on our show. And let's start with China. Uh, President Xi has reiterated the importance of its COVID-0 strategy and helping the country make what it calls tremendous achievements in epidemic response and economic and social development. With that in mind, will China make any significant easing to its restrictions soon? And what does this mean for economic growth? Well, actually, we do not expect any meaningful change in the zero-COVID policy in right. the very near term. Um, well, the next possible time point, I think this policy could be relaxing our view, probably is a National People's Congress in March 2023. Um, and of course, I mean, the zero COVID policy so far has been quite damaging to the Chinese economy. And as long as it stays, I think, that continue to weigh on economic activities, especially services. Right, and I want to take a look at China's economic development. President Xi highlighted high-quality development as the top priority in its governing. Now, earlier, some analysts, they had expected the president to tolerate slower economic growth in order to meet other policy goals, for instance, security. So was this reaffirmation by President Xi unexpected? What does this mean for China going forward? Well, I think we have to look at this more comprehensively, right? Indeed, that President Xi continues to put development at the top of the priority list. But at the same time, we also recognize that there are words like security, common prosperity, income distribution. They have appeared much more frequently in this year's report compared to the the report he delivered uh, five years ago, right? So in our view, I think a policy regime shift actually had already happened at least five years ago. And uh, we think that the new policy paradigm is going, going to be here to stay. And uh, that means, I mean, on top of growth, the government will pursue a lot more other policy objectives. Maybe growth continue to be important, but not necessarily the single objective anymore. Right. Speaking of that, let's look at the tech crackdown in China. That crackdown wiped off over one trillion U.S. dollars in combined market value from the tech industry, dealt a blow to tech giants Alibaba and Tencent. But this time round, presidency seemed to strike a more optimistic tone, hinting that you know China will need to carry out more tech research, double down on innovation. Can we expect the worst to be over for the tech sector? Well, first of all, I think we need to be clear about the concept of so-called tech, right? In the investment right. community, when we talk about tech, traditionally people actually only refer to one thing, which is consumer internet. And this is not just about China. I mean, if you talk about the U.S., you know, tech investment, it's the same thing. When people talk about those big names, they are all in consumer internet. 
and a sector. But uh, I doubt that is what President Xi uh, refers to when he mentions the technology, because in his mind, probably he's talking about like technology hardware, like uh, like semiconductors, or some advanced technologies like artificial intelligence and so on, not necessarily, you know, e-commerce and uh, mobile gaming. So with that in mind, we think that probably he was, uh, the Chinese government will continue to invest a lot in those areas. But for the internet sector itself, I indeed think that the worst time probably is already behind us because Mm. going forward, it's more about implementation of those newly introduced regulations rather than, you know, seeing additional new surprises. Right. And you mentioned about something I'm very interested in, semiconductors. Right. Let's look at the Taiwan issue. Shares in Taiwan fell by as much as nearly 2.4% after presidency uh, said China reserves the option of taking all measures against what it calls interference by outside forces on the Taiwan issues. What kind of challenges does this signal for Taiwan's chip sector going forward? Well, I think broadly speaking, the global semiconductor industry, not necessarily limited to Taiwan, actually will be affected by the rising uh, U.S.-China tensions from here. Um, I think the immediate impact actually could come from the new set of semiconductor export restrictions imposed by the U.S. government against China just announced very recently. You know, these restrictions actually put a, a wide range of, you know, uh, uh, constraint on the exports of chips, equipment to China, and also uh, restrictions on talents who could work for Chinese entities. I mean, from a business perspective, I think this is going to be a lose-lose situation. And in the long term, probably this is going to slow down innovation and could also push up inflation globally. Right. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Dong Chen, Head of Asia Macroeconomic Research at Pictet Wealth Management. Now, um, Dong, I want to take us away from China. Let's talk about inflation in Japan. The country's inflation rate hit a near an eight-year high in August. Are there any signs that inflation is peaking in Japan? And what are your expectations for headline and core inflation? Um, okay, it's true that uh, Japan has seen you know multi-year high inflation number prints, but uh, we have to look at in some you know in some context and also dig in to look at some details. Right? right. First of all, the inflation number in Japan compared to its own past history, yes, it's high, but compared to other countries, actually, it's fairly limited. Right. I mean, looking at the core inflation, we're talking about two point eight percent, and think of, and and know that in Japan, the core inflation actually includes. Energy prices. If you strip out energy prices, the new so-called new core inflation mm. is only 1.6%. And even half, part of that is because of the base effect. So basically what I'm trying to say is that, yes, you have higher inflation in Japan, but not horrible. It's not out of control, right? So yeah. in the near term, we think it could push a little bit higher, but uh, probably after Q1 next year, it's going to come back to normal in Japan, I mean. Yeah. Right. With inflation coming back to normal, you were saying that in Q1 next year, uh, do you think Japan can keep up with its easy monetary policy until then, before it has to change course given the policy divergence with the U.S.? Uh, well, so far, we think that the main pressure for you know for Japan, actually, from a monetary easing perspective, is mainly on its currency. Now, yen has been hammered because of the policy divergence. But look, reading the between lines, what you know, the, uh, the Prime Minister Kishida has been saying about the yen, actually, he asked for the Japanese corporations to take advantage of that. So from my perspective, he does not really see that as a big problem. Um, and if you look at the broad economy, I think monetary easing probably did more good than bad for Japan. Mm. So 
We think that after the current governor, Mr. Kuroda, retires, expected next April, probably there will be some fine-tuning of the monetary policy. But even then, I do not expect a sharp U-turn of the policy. Right, one place that won't be seeing U-turns, yeah. And、uh, meanwhile, I want to look closer to home. Dong Bank Indonesia set to announce rate decision as well. What are your expectations thus far? To what extent will the rate hike be effective in quelling prices, given that they are driven by an earlier fuel price hike? Well, I believe Bank of Indonesia probably will have to keep hiking. You know,、mm-hmm. given I mean the main reason behind that is the Fed expected to to hike probably seventy five basis point in November, right? So if Fed does not stop, then Bank of Indonesia probably cannot stop, right? Of course, I agree with you. You know,、uh, central banks they they probably cannot solve the supply side problems if the inflation is caused by you know、uh, energy prices, but. Look, you know, interest rate is what the tool, what kind of tool the the central bank has, and they have to use it, right? When whenever you, you're, if you all you have is a hammer, then all problems becomes a nail. So、mm. that's what they're going to do. And another reason, as I said, is because of currency. As、mm. long as Fed keep hiking, most EM central banks cannot stop because、right. as long as as long as they, they don't want their currency collapsing. Hmm. And finally, Dong. Before we let you go, what is the investment outlook for Asia going forward? How should us as retail investors be positioning our portfolios? Well, I think year to day, by this point, most Asian markets have been hammered, except a very few.、Uh, for example, India, Indonesia, and Singapore actually did fairly well. But、uh, even for India and Indonesia, they are both hammered, you know, on the currency front as well. So. I mean, for retail investors at this in this environment, I think we'll continue to recommend to be fairly cautious and patient for now, and we have to wait until you have you see sign that the Fed is going to turn more dovish, you know, when U.S. inflation start to you know really drop.、Uh, but over the long term, we are still very positive Asia, as this is a part of the world that will likely see the highest growth over the coming decade. Right. Thank you very much, Dong. That was Dong Chen, head of Asia Macroeconomic Research at Pictet Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us here on Money FM eighty nine point three. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.